Thank you so much for joining us again on the One Voice Podcast. I'm here today with Mary, as always. Hello. <laughs> and my good friend, Rashawn James. Hello. She is pretty much one of my favorite people to listen to. She's a oh. great communicator, a leader, um, just such a strong person, but also personality. <laughs> um, just Uh-oh. real witty and fun. And, and she also has really great skin. Oh, she, I was just thank looking you. at her, not a wrinkle on your face. Not a wrinkle. Thank you. Black don't crack, they say. <laughs> Did you know that? Did they, they say, say that? I, I wasn't going to say it, but, um, you could but say your skin it. is flawless. That's what they say. Well, your thank you. You're, oh, you're thank very you. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Rashawn is a teacher of teachers, which is a very mm-hmm. cool thing to be. Um, you, you were a middle school educator for many years, right? Right. 13 years English teacher. Mm-hmm. And then you also were a part of an all-girls school. Right. right. So help start the all-girls school. Now, not CSG. Um, a lot of people get that confused, but there's an all-girls public school. Okay. CCPSG. So mm-hmm. help start that school. And it's been around since 2010 now. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you have a big heart for empowering young girls, which yes. I think um, is very... I mean, obviously, it's amazing in general, but especially for the black community, I think it's very good for young women to mm-hmm. hear like a strong, powerful woman like you to speak into their lives. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's really neat to watch you honestly just talk to young people and, and then talk mm-hmm. to moms. And th- that's a big part of why I wanted to have you on our podcast was because I think you're um, you're inspiring to other young moms. You have twins. Right. They're five years old, right? Right. Of just um, empowering girls and um, kind of letting them know that they can be the voice of the next generation, that they have purpose. Sure. Um, and I just wanted you to share a little bit, I guess, of your story and your background and then your passion just as a mother. Okay. Well, my background, I think that when people first see me and they, you know, they might see like, okay, what I have on or what I'm doing or something, they just have a, they have an idea that maybe I came from like this perfect family. And that's how my students were, at least all the girls were so shocked when I would share with them that my own mom has been a drug addict for the past 20 years. So now more than half of my life. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember being scared about when I was going to have a daughter, like, okay, what is this going to be like? Um, But working with the girls at the girls school and developing those relationships with them and researching about girls, just all of those things, it developed a passion in me. But then it also, I think, made me a better mom and realized just how powerful it is to to be a mom. I mean, I don't know that when you think of motherhood or if you get the image of a mom in your mind, you know, I'm thinking like ponytail. I'm thinking like sweats. I'm thinking like running here, running there. But do we have this powerful image of what a mother is? And I don't know that our culture, our society really mm-hmm. understands the power of what it means to be a mom. Because mm-hmm. I know it because of what happened, how powerful the void was when my mom dropped the ball. Right. And so I think about it. I don't I just don't know if people really think that their role as a mother, how powerful it is. I think about that, too. You know, from my perspective, having a mom that did the right thing. You know, she believed me when I told her about the abuse. Mm -hmm. She then responded and protected me. But so many survivors don't have that. And I know a lot of our listeners didn't have that. And so they grow up with these mom wounds and they have that void you're talking about. And they don't know what to do with that. And so a lot of times they don't know what to do with that personally. They they don't know how to deal with the mom, like you, Mm -hmm. mom who's an addict and all the things that come along with that. 
And then they in turn don't know how to parent their own kids. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really cool how you have had that mom wound and that void. You've learned how to even nurture that relationship with your mom still Mm -hmm. and set really good boundaries. I'd like for you to share about that. Um, But then to turn that into your power as a mom. And you've you've talked to Mm -hmm. me before about um, parenting out of purpose and not out of fear. Yeah, I think that's a really, really powerful statement. Well, my mom gets on my nerves. Okay, she does. I mean, I haven't even talked to her today. She's already on my nerves. Just just being who she is. I mean, she still gets on my nerves. But I realized through she's done some things. I mean, I love my mom very much, but she's done some things that you just wouldn't even believe. Mm -hmm. But I still realized like that no one could take her place. And I think that that also shows me just like how powerful that is. And Nicole, I look at you and I think, and I hear your story and, you know, I think that you are the bomb. I think you have got it going on, all of that stuff. I really do. I think you're the bomb. Yes. Yes, I really do. (laughs) I think you are the bomb. And so I don't take away from you and I don't take away from God quite naturally. But Mm -hmm. when I look at your story, there's like a one pivotal, powerful moment in your story that makes, I think, all the difference. And it's those five words. And my mom believed me. Mm. And I think that makes all the difference. I think that your mom, her believing you and her protecting you, I think that it really made your story different because I've seen one of my friends who went kind of through the same situation. She's addicted to Xanax. She's addicted to it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say her name, but she's addicted. And I think it's because she's trying to not deal with that pain because her mom, her mom said to her was, I went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's next? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You have turned that around and, you know, of course, went on to do so many amazing, amazing things. And I don't know if it would have been the exact same thing if those five words weren't those five words. I don't know if it would either. I mean, I don't know what you would have had to recover from. Right. It's like worse recovering from your mom not believing you. I think it is, too. And all of the girls who've ever come to me. They hadn't told their moms yet, most of them, and they were all afraid that their mom wouldn't believe them or that their mom wouldn't love them. Mm -hmm. And it just shows you how powerful that relationship is, Mm -hmm. how powerful being a mom is. I think I told you what happened is when I I was pregnant with twins and I went into the doctor and um, to tell me, you know, to find out the sex. And she's like, okay, this one's a boy. And I remember thinking, okay, this next one, I'm thinking, please don't say boy, please say girl, please say girl, please say girl. And then she said, and this one's a girl. And I felt like all my dreams literally came true. It was like the best feeling in the entire world. Mm -hmm. But by the time I got to the car, I'm like nervous. I'm sweating. My mouth is all dry, probably breath stinking. You know, you're all nervous and freaked out. And I'm thinking the rest of the day, what is wrong with me? Why am I all scared? And I was able to track it back to I was afraid because he said, and this is a girl. Mm -hmm. It was like, boy, okay, I can deal with a boy. But with a girl, it was like I was so afraid of all of these things you hear about mothers and daughters and all of this drama. And um, I was like, oh, my God, the pressure. And oh, my God, I don't want... I don't want, you know, my daughter to feel like this. I don't want her to feel like I felt because there was a lot of times where I did feel that way from my mom, my grandmother, different women who dropped the ball, I think, in my life. Mm. But I look at I looked at that and I was like freaking out. And I felt like God right in that moment was like, okay, so you're going to have to make a decision now. Like, you know, you're going a little bit cuckoo. Calm down. (laughs) It's like, are you going to parent this little girl out of fear or out of love? And love is not just a feeling. It's not just, oh, she's so cute, you know, because I could. She's so cute. I could just eat her alive. 
I could. Oh, she's so funny and so cute. But that's not just what love is. It's about intention. And so what I started doing was being more like, okay, a lot of people, they're like, okay, I'm doing this because I don't want my kids doing this. Or I'm going to do this because I don't want her acting like this. Or I'm going to act like this. Or I'm going to put these rules in place because I don't want her to do this. And I don't want her to act this way. But then I start thinking about what do I want my daughter to be like? Or what do I want to instill in her? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is more out of that intentional, powerful love and that strong place of being a mom than this fearful person just trying to hope that does everything doesn't go wrong. Mm-hmm. I want you to be a young woman of God. So that's why I teach you about the Bible. That's why I teach you about Jesus. That's why I tell you about my life and what I went through at only five years old. Mm. But I'm not like, oh, I'm teaching this because I don't want you to get into one of the other religions and I don't want you to. It's more of an intentional piece. So I think that I've learned how to parent her, my son too, but her especially out of love. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people... I just don't know that moms think that way. It's more like, let's just let me, let me do it the opposite way out of fear. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I would say for most moms, and not all, but just the people in my life, that being a mom is being out of control. Like things are crazy and hectic mm-hmm. and it's just powerlessness. So to hear you talk about being powerful and confident and intentional that is the opposite of kind of even how I view being a mom sometimes. So it's even good for me to hear that I have this crazy little three-year-old boy that what a privilege it is that I get to pour into his life. And I think I need to be more aware of the influence that I get to have, not in a bad way of just like constantly playing defense, right. but in a good way, the positive, mm-hmm. um, just powerful things that I get to pour into his life. Like that is so profound that we get the chance to do that while we're here on earth. Right. That's huge. Yeah. I think that's huge. It's like you're his mother. And, um, you know, I never, ever worry about somebody, you know, taking my place. You know, like I don't care if my daughter goes and hangs out with anybody. I know that there's nobody who can take her take my place. It's the same way. It's because my mom, I mean, she wasn't perfect at all. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like nobody's taking my mom's place. You know, so you don't have to. You can have confidence in that. And Mm -hmm. I do think that the whole out of control thing, it's like almost people think that's cute or that's the way it's supposed to be. Because I'm thinking you left the house looking like that because you think that that's going to make you look more. I don't know, like that you've like it's given you this badge or something of honor. Like I'm so disheveled and I'm (laughs) just worked so so hard. Yeah. Productive and. Look at this ponytail yeah. and no makeup or two day old makeup and sweatpants. Right. And I think you're right. I, think, I haven't even taken yeah. a bath. Look at me. I'm like, <laughs> yes. um, b- girl, bye. Go get in yes. the tub. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm spending my time trying to be right. so important that I'm missing the most important thing that God has entrusted me with. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like um, as this whole, as this wave of like women, um, this women empowerment is happening, I think it's so important for survivors, for moms of survivors, for all to just feel like, and to get that that picture out of your mind of this disheveled, out of control woman with the high ponytail and the yoga pants and this strong, powerful woman who is speaking into her children's lives and who is in control of her situation mm-hmm. and, and of herself. her home and of yeah. herself. Yes. Yeah. No, that's yes. good. I think we have to walk confidently in who we are to show our kids how to act too. Absolutely. Who do you want your daughter to look up to? Mm-hmm. You know, who do you want your son to look up to? Someone who's just all completely out of control. And I don't think people want to be that way, but I don't think that they realize how powerful, like you only get one Mm -hmm. mom 
And like I'm saying, when I keep referring back to, even though my mom really dropped the ball at one point in our lives, there's still, because she's my mother, there's still something about that relationship. Like nobody can step Mm -hmm. in. That's what I mean. Like if she goes and hangs out with whoever or her, I don't ever feel like, oh, she's going to love them more than me. Or I don't ever feel any Mm -hmm. jealousy because there's no other me. That's right. Yeah. There's no other mom. That's right. And I just, I think, as like I said, I feel like people, women, moms need to be empowered during this time. Not just women as women, but mothers. Like you are huge. You are so powerful. The things that you say to your children mean something. The way that you act, the way that you have created your house and your atmosphere, the way that you take care of yourself, it shows. The things you say about your body. Mm. I never say, oh, oh, look at me. I'd be like, oh, girl, I look good, don't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, Which you I do. Agree with <laughs> what you say the other day? You said Ainsley walked in and was like, I look cute. And you're yeah. like, no one's cute in this house but yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> no one's cute but me. Because see, she's starting to get a little mouth like, I don't know. I don't think, or I don't agree with that. Don't get cute with me. I'm the only mm-hmm. one cute in this house. Mm-hmm. And that, so I mean that. I was telling her that because I'm like, I'm not afraid to be that strong mother that, you know, I require respect. And I'm not going to be... I've never liked that whole, okay, the kids are running the house and the kids are going crazy all everywhere. No, bye. No. (laughs) But you feel like you're supposed to, that that's how it's supposed to be because that's what you see everybody doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I was thinking. No, I think it's true. I think it's about, you know, owning your life and and showing your kids. Because sometimes I'm thinking, you know, oh, there's these moms that give up everything, sacrifice everything to just, you know, make the kids the world. But I don't know. I've seen my kids really respect the fact that I'm I'm living out my purpose. And yes. sometimes it means I'm not with them. A lot of times it means that. But they love it. They watch mm-hmm. me. They're empowered. And and I don't have daughters. Probably thank the good Lord for that. <laughs> I mean, I would have been the same way. But mm-hmm. But, you know, the way that they view women is so differently. And I think had I given up what I felt like was my calling... And some women are called, you know, to stay home. And I'm not sure. saying anything about that, but absolutely, just that I know what my calling is and I'm not going to give that up and, and make them my trophy, Mm-mm. you know, but they, they can see moms, you know, getting their healing and giving hope and finding purpose. And then I think that helps them think, well, wonder what my purpose is. Sure. Sure. I agree with that. I mean, I think that when it comes to you having... I don't think our culture has been as supportive for people like you, even the church, mm. you know, you're the top, your, your goal is supposed to want to stay home with your children while your husband works. And you would be surprised. I mean, it's 2018 and that is still mm-hmm. what people are saying is that's like their ultimate goal. But I think that you are literally changing the world. And there's this one quote that someone said, I don't know who I'm not even going to try to make it up. But he said something like, if you want to change the world, you go home and love your family. Mm. And I think that you're doing both. You're changing the world by loving these girls who don't have somebody to do that for them, like giving them that love. And then but you're also loving your kids by showing them that this world is not all about you. Mm -hmm. I mean, in my your world can't be all about them Mm -hmm. either. Right. Yeah, it reminds me of like, Mary, how you sometimes take Liam on these like outreaches downtown and, you know, like you just throw him in the car and you're like, we're going to go do this and you're going to tag along and 
you know, he doesn't get it, but it's still, he's a part of it. And half the time I feel like I don't even know what I'm doing, but I also (laughs) know that God has kind of orchestrated things Mm -hmm. and I don't have to have everything right and perfect in my head for it to be this beautiful little picture of this is what the world is like, roses and butterflies and unicorns. No, like this is the raw, real Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. that I want him exposed to early um, because I see the benefit of just developing them as these little people who have hearts and care and compassion. And mm-hmm. um, I want him to grow up in a different world than what I grew up in and just, you know, less of a sheltered life. So, yeah. again, what a privilege it is for mm-hmm. me as a mom to be a part of that journey and to raise this little difference maker. Right. You know, that's awesome that exactly. I get to have that privilege every day with him. I think that's great. And just, Rashawn, how you are are living that out with your kids and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, how also with your relationship with your mom, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, how have you taken what could be considered a mom wound and mm-hmm. you have voids, but you've changed the perspective on that to where she's still in your life, but you have a relationship that mm-hmm. isn't completely draining to you. Right. How do you um, do that? Well, I, I spoke at this event one time and I, had told something about my mom that I talked to earlier that day. And then I started off the, my message with, well, my mom died when I was 14 years old. And so everybody's of course looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, well, wait, you just said that you talked to her. Yeah. How'd that work? Yeah. Um, but she did because that's when she started really getting bad with drugs as soon as when I was 14. So mm-hmm. um, I really miss that person that died. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, I recognize that. So I identify with people like when girls, when women or people tell me like, oh, I when my mom died, this is what I went through. And I'm I don't ever say like, oh, I know what you mean, because I think that would be insensitive. But I really understand what they're saying of missing and longing and imagining what it used what it was like and what it used to be like. So it's very difficult. But I think Mm. there's so many things that I can I can't take credit for. It's really just God allowing me to let go of any unforgiveness and really just understand at the end of the day, we are all out here doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And um, our mothers are people who have been through things in their life. And I can just kind of see her heart. And I know that Mm -hmm. she doesn't really intend on doing all of those kinds of things. So like my sister's a little bit different. She's a little bit more like, she knows what she's doing. She knows she can know. I know she better not call me. I'm just, I think God is in my life and you only get one and you think about um, the good things that they have taught you and the good things that they've brought into your life. So I just, um, it's not easy. I mean, I just Mm -hmm. choose to love her and I really value for whatever reason God gave me to her Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And um, I look at my daughter in the same way, whatever reason God gave her to me. So I didn't have to pass a test. You know, I don't have to try to be different or be better or be someone that I'm not. Whatever I already had inside of me is what God was like. No, that little girl, my daughter's name is Ainsley. That little girl, Ainsley, needs a Rashawn. And for whatever reason, Rashawn needed a K. I don't know why, but I did. I mean, I I could probably think of why, a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, But I needed her for whatever reason. So I just have to honor that. I I honor motherhood and the power of that. Mm -hmm. That you there's it's almost like there's some you, you can almost do anything to your kids and they will still love you mm-hmm. because they just almost it's like in their bones. Mm-hmm. So it had to take you as I hear you give that response. It had to take you some time to get to that point. I can't imagine as a young person thinking about 
you know, you're just trying to live life and zits and yeah. your hormones and boys and that girl's talking about you. I'm thinking about you being in that kind of place. And then the person who you need to be your rock is not there. Mm -hmm. How did you even survive that when you were that young? I just didn't know. I didn't really know. I mean, you're young, so you don't really know to think like if I like right now, if I'm looking back, I'm like, that was wrong. That was terrible. Somebody needed to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But I didn't really, that's why I said, I think it was God. I can't take credit because I didn't really know, um, what to, I was just taking life as it was coming at me. I didn't yeah. have any plan. Um, when I was 18, um, I got custody of my sister. She was 15. And then my brother, he went to go live with his dad because she just went completely, you know, just fell off completely. So even then people would be like, you know, wow, how did you do that? You know, you got custody of your sister. What was I going to do? Leave my sister out? Like, I didn't think, I don't think any differently. And I think, like I said, that was just God's um, hand yeah. on me and on my life and giving me that strength to be able to do that. And all of those things prepared me. I can't be mad because all of those things prepared me to be, um, to do what I think is my most important job. And that is to be a mother to my daughter and to my son. Because mm -hmm. I can see how difficult and the, the how powerful it was on a negative way, mm -hmm. um, what, a, what a mother can do. And I can see it, like if it's on the positive end, I've seen it both ways. Um, I mean, like I said, like with Nicole, I can see how that that moment to me, I feel like that is what was the the answer. That was which was the choice. Like, okay, am I going left? Is my life going left or am I going right? Five words. And my mom believed me. All of what all that means is what I think made her life go left and not right. That's what I see every time she tells her stories. Mm -hmm. So I just couldn't be. I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't thinking and I don't think young girls because, you know, you're a kid. So you're not thinking like, oh, well. My mom's supposed to be, I mean, of course yeah. I knew she was doing mm -hmm. things that wasn't right and it was making me mad. And, you know, she still, she was getting on my nerves then like she gets on my nerves now. <laughs> she's got to, she's great at that. So it's just survival mode. You're just operating. Yeah, out of, yeah. This is what's mm -hmm. life throwing me and I got to figure out quickly what we're going to do. And mm -hmm. then you just kept on moving, which mm -hmm. is huge because a lot of kids would have crumbled under just the pressure and stuff that, you know, what you And as through. an adult, I think you've made a decision. Yes, I'm going to grieve the losses. Sure. But I'm also going to change my perspective on things moving forward. Mm -hmm. On, you know, I'm going to take the good that I can get from my mom. And I'm yeah. going to remember that this is a relationship that I value. And I'm going to, yeah, yeah, it's sad that I don't have everything that I want from her. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to take what I've got. And then I'm going to use that to propel my, my own motherhood. Right. Right. It's not, it's not the easiest, you know, I definitely, um, I have I had twins and a lot of my friends who have children, their parents move in with them and they're like, okay, I'm going to take the kids this day. And my husband and I, we really did not have any help with our kids and, um, or I'll see my friends and they're doing things with their parents or whatever. And, I think getting out of what you were saying, Mary, is like survival mode. Then when I got old enough, then I had to really deal with some of those wounds that were there. I think I wasn't, I didn't even realize, I just thought she made me mad. I didn't know that she was hurting me yeah. until I got older. Hmm. And then now I realize how many of my own issues or my own fears or my own um, anxieties, whatever I might be feeling in my, like how many of those stem from just the choices that my mom made or didn't make. Mm -hmm. And so that's made me instead of becoming this victim of, well, my mom didn't do this or my mom didn't do that. Or I th blaming her and then now choosing to just ruin my whole life to prove to her that she made a mistake. 
then now I'm going to take that information. And I think that's what survivors do is you take that what you have and now you turn it around and now you're going to change your whole generation for that because my daughter will not know what it means to be left in a crack house. She will never know what it means to, you know, go hungry. You know, you might not be something you want in the house because I'm not your waitress, but, you know, (laughs) to eat and you, okay, we'll go to bed hungry then. But it's not because you don't have something to eat. Right. You know, like she will never know what that's like. Right. You know, that's so good because I know you're so sensitive to the fact of I'm not a sexual abuse survivor, so I don't know what I have to say to these girls. And you say that all the time and I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But I also think you've gone through some stuff Mm -hmm. and you've learned how to take real trauma that you didn't even know was trauma Mm -hmm. and voids in your life and turn them around to make a difference now. Yes. For the next generation. And that is what a survivor is. Just like you said, that is what a survivor is. And so you may not have been a survivor of sexual abuse, but you've been a survivor of some stuff and you have that mentality that I think is so powerful and women right now, especially need to grab hold of that. They need mm-hmm. to find their voice and they need to use that to, um, to impact their children's lives, to value um, the role that they're playing mm-hmm. with their kids, but also just in the world and, and to speak right. up. I'll be honest with you. I, another piece about you, Rashawn, that I mm-hmm. love is how you use your voice. You are, I think you are one of the, strongest boundary setters I've ever met (laughs) you like you tell people how it is and in a way that they're like okay (laughs) like like, if if she would say that if I would say what she said to her like that would not go over well but people are like yeah she's right I should probably you know like how, how do you do that oh you know what I don't I value that's what got me in trouble growing up is being honest okay I really value being respectful and honest. Mm-hmm. And I might have gotten that from my mom mm. um, is just, no, wait, she's not honest. I just didn't get that from my mom. I got, got the, you know, <laughs> not taking anybody's stuff from my mom. Yeah. Okay, let me clarify that. Okay. My sister will listen and be like, wait a minute. Did you say mom was honest on there? <laughs> Fraud? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, she, um, but no, I think that I just... I really value like respect and self-respect. And I don't think that women have through the years, I'm not like this, you know, hardcore feminist or anything like that, but I don't think that women's voices have been heard. And I think that um, me just as a person, I, I don't want to be someone who's walked all over. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be someone who says, this is the line and you've just crossed it. And you know, I don't, I'm not the type to like go off on people except for, I mean, middle schoolers. Yeah. I mean, I'll oh, yeah. flip and turn into a werewolf on middle schoolers. <laughs> Literally. I mean, don't get me Yikes. going on. I mean, I could just go off. Yeah. But people, you know, that aren't, you know, like middle schoolers, then I'm, I'm more like just direct and this is the boundary and I'm just not, I don't know. I just, I don't think that I should have to do this. Like something like with my husband, for example, like a lot of people, I mean, I look at it like um, we have children together. If I have to go do something, he's not babysitting. He's yeah. taking care of his kids. Yeah, he's being a dad. He's being a dad. Yeah. I'm not, he's not helping me or like let him help me. I, you, what? Like <laughs> partnership. 50-50. Yes. I do not get why people are always saying that I'm going to see if my husband will help me out. Right. He helped you out a lot already. You know, he gave, these are your, your kids together. Yeah. So I, I just don't feel like I've never been a person who's got to be like, okay, I'm going to see if I can fit into what society wants for me. Let me just think this whole thing through. And then now I'm going to live out of that. 
So like I said, he's my husband. He had, I don't think he had changed one diaper before we had our children and he's in like in the hospital and he's like, Oh God, he's scared, you know, but he gonna have to figure it out some way. Yeah, Might as well figure it out with your own kids. Yeah. Cause I'm not doing all of it. All of it. I just did all the work <laughs> laying here in the hospital. Yeah, right. seriously. He's got some making up to do. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So he, I mean, I just think that I realize that boundaries are huge and no, if you don't set them, people are going to walk all over you mm-hmm. and then they don't have the respect for you that you should have for yourself. So if you don't respect yourself, then people aren't going to respect you. And it takes courage to respect yourself. And it takes courage to not be the status quo and to be even like we're talking about moms, to be the type of mom that says, yes, I still go out with my friends or yes, I still get dressed. I'm supposed to put my clothes on. I still like to look fly sometimes. I don't have to wear, I don't own one of those sweatsuit things. I don't own one. (laughs) Um, I think someone in the room does. I I think you do, right? I own a few. (laughs) But I wish that you had this on video. I wish you could see her waves, (laughs) okay? Her waves and her eye makeup. She's Uh, still, you can still be fly. I'm talking about where I didn't take a bath. Like yes. that is not my, but that's not my, like, I'm not here for that. Yeah. Mm-mm. I think that's good though. You got to put your foot down and mm-hmm. just say, this is how it is. <laughs> and people are either on board or they're not. And for those who aren't, I mean, you just do your thing and mm-hmm. hope for the best. <laughs> you know, you just can't fit in, try to fit into society. And I think in our social media world that we look at what other people post and then we're like, okay, that's the kind of mom I think I'm supposed to be being. Mm-hmm. Like I seen someone that wrote like, um, and it wasn't even anybody I know. I don't know why Facebook does this where I'm reading stuff that somebody posted, commented like on. Your friends commented on someone else's yeah. page you don't even know and they're across the country. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, like I care that she drove to soccer and then she went here. Like I don't even know who she is. Yeah. I don't care about the friends I have. <laughs> If they went to soccer practice, right. so why no do I care cares. about what you did? Yeah, yeah. No one cares. So when I saw that, take she's that like, time and go take a shower. Yeah, go yeah. take a shower. <laughs> go paint your nails. <laughs> do yeah. something. But she's like, I drove to soccer practice. I hurried up and ate this in the car. And then I ran here and did this. And I'm thinking, that's not like I, a lot of people think, well, man, that's what I should be doing. So then there's other people like, oh, guess what? My dinner was Cheerios off the floor of my car. And I'm thinking, Okay, I noticed that when that's what people are posting, then it just seems like that that's what people now aspire to be. Mm -hmm. And that's what now it looks like. That's what good moms are is people who are out of control and run everywhere. Mm -hmm. And me, I look at myself and just kind of be more reflective and go, I I don't think that fits with who God created me to be or what he wants me to be or what my own purpose is with my children at all. So I just okay, that's not I'm not doing that. I'm not. I mean, if you if we have to do all that, then you're just not being in soccer. Yeah. Sorry. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not going to be able to be in soccer if I got to eat. If I got to eat a chicken nugget off of my grant off the car floor. <laughs> you're if not being in soccer. To, yeah. No. We're not doing soccer. <laughs> and when you get a job and you get a car, then go be in soccer. Yeah. But I'm not eating chicken nuggets off my off no. my floor. Mm-hmm. But I think that that almost sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but your mom, you're supposed to eat chicken nuggets off the floor. Mm-hmm. No, you eat chicken nuggets off the floor if you want to. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> This is it. This is where it goes too far. (laughs) This is where I love it. And it's not cute. So they're posting it like it's cute. If you post something, you think it's cute. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, no. It's not cute. It's not cute. I'm not here for it. Hashtag it's not cute. It's not cute. Hashtag it's not cute. (laughs) I do. I think moms want to be applauded for I sacrificed for my kids. That's the thing. Look at what I sacrificed 
so my kids could go to soccer and be normal and have interaction mm-hmm. and, you know, and they're going to be in the major soccer league. And all. It's like, no, <laughs> right. they're not. Stop. Yeah. All right. You better get a soccer ball and go out in the back. You and the yes. dog and your sister, bye. Yeah. Stop eating those nuggets. While I'm making people. a real dinner. Right. And putting on my lashes. <laughs> my lashes on. <laughs> and that's the thing. I will, I believe in mom sacrificing. I think that was my mom's problem is that she didn't want to sacrifice. She wanted to do her own thing and live her own life. And there is a, it, it, it is a sacrifice mm-hmm. to sit and listen to a five-year-old tell you a story. You'll be sitting there all day. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, okay. You're just uh-huh. smiling. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it is a sacrifice to stop and put away what you're doing to focus in on them or to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this because my children are my priority. Or, you know, I believe like right now we put our kids in private school and I think Christian school should be free. I don't know why they, you know, charging right? me all this money. But I want if I want my kids to go to Christian school, it's free. I need a, Nicole. Can you work on that? Like I need like a government something to make Christian free. But I, I was like, you know what? I value them going to Christian school. So therefore, I'm sacrificing. I'm that when we move, I'm not looking for a house in this price range. I'm looking for a house in a lower price range because I'm sending my kids to private school so that they can get as much Jesus as they can get. So I agree with sacrificing. I'm just not sacrificing my whole life and I'm not trying to mimic what I think that motherhood is. I'm really going deep and aligning myself with God and saying, Lord, what do you, you've given me this power, this huge power to literally change the world Mm -hmm. with this role that I'm playing as a mother. Mm Mm-hmm. And Nicole, you, uh, we don't, we're called survivors for a reason because a lot of people are not surviving out here, but mm-hmm. I right. think they're not. Mm-mm. So that's why I think that, you know, using it from that standpoint that I am a mother, this is huge. This is an important role that I play. This is from God, but I'm not giving my whole soul to them. I'm being that powerful person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when I saw that, that like Oprah standing up there and talking and, you know, in her speech and she's so strong mm-hmm. and voice, that's how I imagine like a mother, mm-hmm. like right. that's, a, that's, she was mothering that's so it. many of those women that's in it. that room. That's why they were crying. It wasn't because she was, you know, we've heard Oprah talk. I've heard Oprah talk all my life. I watched mm-hmm. the Oprah show every day when I was a little kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not because she was talking. It was because she was like speaking to those wounds and with strength and with yeah. knowledge and with power. Yeah. She's not, she didn't come up there like, oh, I'm so out of control and oh god i can't believe this happened and no this is what it is and she was speaking Mm -hmm. so forcefully and so powerfully Mm -hmm. that's what i see it as a mom i agree and i think too about the the victim mentality versus survivor mentality and bringing that into motherhood is you know you can be a survivor of abuse but then you can be a mom who's acting as a victim Mm. blaming Mm. everybody else And now you're sacrificing your whole world to make your kids' life different than yours. But Mm. it's like you said, it's not making a difference. Right. It's teaching your kids how to be crazy. Yeah. And it's teaching your kids how to be a victim. Right. So to be a survivor as a mom looks so much different, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's a lot of what you're talking about and finding your power and and modeling that for your children. I agree. And Rashawn, how you're talking about setting your boundaries and and Mm -hmm. modeling to not only your kids, but to other people. Mm -hmm. This is how I deserve to be treated. That's survivor mentality. That's not victim mentality. Victim is I've been abused. I've everyone uses me and that's all I know. So now I'm out here to please everybody. 
to mm-hmm. continue to get my value and uh, to do what everyone else wants me to do or to do what all the moms on Facebook are doing, mm-hmm. you know, rather than standing up and, and saying, this is how I, I deserve to be treated now. Right. And this, these are my boundaries and you don't step over them. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that is just a, a really healthy way of living out your healing journey as an abuse survivor. Um, and then again, making a difference for the next generation. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to set your boundaries with yourself first. You know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm I'm, I'm not going to do. This is what's good for me. Not what I should do, what I need to do, what I'm supposed to do. But this is good for me when I exercise. It's good for me when I, you know, say no to certain things. It's good for me when I tell put my children to bed at this time so that I can have this time or setting those boundaries within yourself of what you will commit to. You know, I'll tell someone in a minute, you know what, in this season of my life, I wish I could do that. That's a, that's a great comeback is, you know what? I really wish I could. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can't, I mean, I ain't, Yeah. but <laughs> um, I really wish I could because yeah. it's not aligning with what my priorities are mm-hmm. right now at this moment. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a negative response from anybody, a family member, a coworker, or somebody at church when you just had to set those boundaries, good, healthy boundaries for you, but they're mm-hmm. thinking, well, everyone else says yes. Mm-hmm. Like they're running around with their hair on fire and they're still doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Like any negative yeah. responses at all? I do because I think in the Christian world, there's so many, there's so much judgment. I grew up in church really all my life. So there's a certain expectation of um, how women are supposed to be, I think. And it's really this yes to everything. It's right. this submissive, which mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I have a husband that makes it easy to submit to because he's just a good overall human being. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I still have my own values, my own ideas. And so I think that I get um, judged a lot or I think, but then I also think some women are like, man, I wish I could do that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wish I could tell her, I wish I could just rest on Saturday, you know, or I <laughs> right? wish I could just watch a movie. I haven't watched a movie in 10 years and you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, but so I, I think that I get judged, but I don't mind being judged if I'm being true to myself. And that's Mm. what I mean. Your boundaries start with yourself. Mm -hmm. I know what my priorities are. I know that, um, you know, like I said, I don't mind if I, if my house isn't as big as it could be. I don't, I mean, that doesn't bother me at all because I know what I'm, I'm here to do a job. I have children. That's important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think I just, I get judged all the time, but I don't care. Yeah. Well, the good thing is you don't have to answer to those people. And won't. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. That's what I appreciate about Rashawn is it's like you say something and like you really mean it. And then everyone's just like, well, I actually don't know what else to say. I mean, it's like, well, I'm not going to get her to budge clearly. So moving, so moving on. And you are just not feeling bad about it. No. You're like, that's how it is. So bye. Right. right. So bye. bye. Yes. Yeah, basically. So. Well, that's awesome. Rashawn, I just think yes. you have so much wisdom to share. Thank, thank you, Thank you for taking the time, yeah, to come and, and, and share it with all of us. So. No, I'm so happy to just be standing here by you. I am. Aww. For sure. <laughs> you too, Mary. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just think we just need to live out this Rashawn James life. No. And- <laughs> And we can just, yes, every day. Yeah. Mary, you know what I read one time? It was my, it was Oprah. She was talking to my Angelou 
Yes. And my oh, Angelou yeah. is turning 70 and Oprah's like, you know, you always tell me like, you want to get to your fifties, you want to get to your sixties. Oh, and seventies are wonderful. And she's like, that's just not what people are saying. So what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on that? Because everyone's trying to be younger and you're like this old getting older thing is amazing. Yeah. And so my Angelou says to Oprah, she said, well, you know, in your twenties and your thirties, you're so worried about what people are thinking yes. about you. And she said, and then in your 40s and 50s, you're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm doing whatever I want to do. I don't care what people think about me. You know, that's why you look at people like who are a little bit older and they're on Facebook and they post everything. They don't oh, care yeah. what people oh, think. They're just like, like, oh, look at this. Or <laughs> yeah. They don't care how many times they post today. They don't care how annoying they are. <laughs> anybody watching your cat videos, like nobody cares. Oh, but they, don't, they just videos. like, if I want to put my cat video on here, I am. But yeah. we're more like... I did post yesterday. Maybe I'll wait till tomorrow. It's like, you know, 20s and 30s. Right. But then she's like, um, you're so in your 40s and 50s, you're living your life out of this. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. And she Mm -hmm. goes, but then when you're in your 60s and 70s, you realize that what nobody thinking about you anyway. Right. So you live your life Mm. and you just live your life, not worried about not trying to prove yourself or trying to prove yourself. And Mm -hmm. so I just thought, I don't want to wait till I'm my 60s and 70s, 70s to yeah. live my life that way mm-hmm. we don't have time for that i want to live yeah i want to live my right. life for myself now and you know my grandmother would tell you if you're doing good they're gonna talk about you if you're doing bad they're gonna talk about you <laughs> if you're doing nothing they're gonna talk about you yeah that's true so you might as well just let them talk and live your life and be mm-hmm. who you are and find out who you are by sitting at the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and letting him speak to you because the world will, will overcrowd oh, what he's trying to say mm-hmm. to you. Your Facebook feed will overcrowd what he's trying to say to you. So it's really just, I want to be like that now. I don't want to live the next 30 years worrying about what other people are going to say about yep. me. And trying to get there. So trying it's just to get there. today, a new day. I mm-hmm. am who I am. I'm looking at God, who he says I am. Boom, that's it. Boom. Yeah, and I don't have to be anything more. I don't have to be anything less. I even look at like my own kids because I'm, I used to be this person that was always trying to just, you know, self-help and just be better or whatever. Oh yeah. And I look at my kids and, um, you know, my son, but my son, he had like a speech delay. Well, they both did. They were super weird. They were developing this language, this twin language. It was so bizarre. I was like, what are y'all talking about? (laughs) You know, like this is so scary. So something simple like that. It's like, would I trade my son for a kid who could talk perfectly? No, not in a, I would miss my son. Oh my God. I would miss his little chunky cheeks and his little (laughs) ways he says stuff. And I could, you know, I could eat him too. But what happens is I feel like we as women and as moms and as people, it's like we live trying to um, make ourselves better thinking that that's going to, that God's going to love us more. God's God. Yeah. I think God likes the way that we already are. Yeah. So why yeah. live all these years trying to be better when, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would miss who he is just for a kid who could talk. Yeah. Please. We're all a masterpiece. Like right now, right, right now in this and living yeah. out of that. Like I am already everything that I need to be for my kids, for, for myself, for every, I'm already that. So now tomorrow okay so now today's a new day i'm already i'm already what i need to be yeah Mm -hmm. and waking up and being proud of that proud of it yeah and not feeling like i've got all these hurdles to overcome today because Mm -hmm. i didn't do them yesterday or i'm still not good enough no like you are you're great today this morning you are exactly Mm -hmm. as god wanted you to be when you woke up exactly take a bath 
That's all you have just to do. Just take a bath. And get then the sweatsuits. Just pants on. Yeah, put yeah. some jeans. <laughs> yes. That's a, that'll be the next step. Jeans. Yes. You have to wear a dress. You don't yeah. have to do lashes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Baby but just steps. a bath. But it's true. The whole thing about Maya Angelou, like what she said about the sixties and seventies. Yes. I'm thinking about that. If the twenties and thirties could access that thought pattern and that mm-hmm. perspective on life, and then their kids see them living that kind of perspective out. There you go. That's that's com- that's life changing. Yeah. You don't need the you don't need everybody to be Nicole. You just need more Nicoles in the world. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about that. Yeah, you, yeah, you do. You do. Well. You need more Nicoles. <laughs> you need more people that'll step up and you yeah. know be that person. But if I'm so worried about what is everybody going to think? If yeah. she worried about everybody things or what everybody's going to say or this internet world where people are making comments, she would never leave out her door. That's yep. so true. You're right. So I think it, that would make that would make more people like you out here doing the thing doing you. Yeah. And the you is what God made you to be. So go live yeah, it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Get on that stage, get her a microphone. Preach. Sheesh. <laughs> make it happen. That's right. Thank you, Rashawn. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the one voice podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. And if you can find a minute, please write a review so others looking for encouragement on the topic of sexual abuse can find us and join the movement. To become a part of our online community, visit IamOneVoice.org and follow us on Facebook by searching for One Voice, spelled together as one word. We'll see you here next time on the One Voice podcast.